0: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and a podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode.
1: Welcome to the Big
0: Ed Idea Podcast podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now here's your host, our dad, Ryan Scott. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Uh, It is I, Ryan Scott, and I am super stoked tonight or this morning or whenever you're hitting that play button I'm super excited to welcome um a, a young lady that I've been trying to get on the show for a couple couple weeks maybe a month or so but you know, schedules are, are are wonky. And so it's really great to finally be able to sit down with the one and only Miss Jessica Vance. Um, if you don't know her, you will know her after the show. And I think you're going to like her. Um, she is a mama. She is a wife. She is a former public and private international teacher and the author of Leading with a Lens of Inquiry. And now She spends her days as an instructional coach from the one and only Austin, Texas. Without further ado, Miss Jessica, thank you for being on the Big Ed Idea podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's definitely an honor to be able to be able to add to your voice in this space. So thank you so much for inviting me on.
0: Absolutely. I'm super, super excited to get you on to talk about uh, you're a big ad idea. I've I've looked a little bit about, you know, what you stand for. I'm really excited. Number one, uh, that you're a Texan because uh, I'll be honest, a lot of my family comes from Texas, um, from West Texas, the hill country. And so I spent a lot of time as a kid in Texas and so fond memories. And so already, you know, you've got like 10 points uh, added to your value just because you're from Texas.
1: Thank you so much. I'm not originally from Texas. Does that still make it okay? (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my podcast. I'm gonna say yes.
1: Okay, thank you so much. I'm glad that I still passed the test.
0: So where are you originally from?
1: I'm originally from Southern California, born and oh, wow. raised in, uh, well, born in Northern California, but raised in Southern California and made the trip out to Austin about 12 years ago. So I'm calling Austin home ever since then and haven't looked back. And a lot of my family has moved out here since then. So yeah, I really, I love a, a lot of the things that Austin has to offer families and education and just- yeah, exploring outside and just um it's it's a great place to be. So I'm happy to be here.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So I'm I'm excited to get into this space with you tonight. Um what I always like to do at the very beginning of our podcast is really model to our listeners just that idea of connections before content. Um, you know, we gotta we gotta lay a a firm base of relationships before we can start. To get through that meat and so um i've got mm-hmm. a couple segments first to learn really who this jessica lady is first mm-hmm. um and then we'll get into your idea mm-hmm. sounds, sounds good, good. okay mm-hmm. okay so the first segment that i always like to do is what's up at the scott house um primarily uh just to let my my listeners know you know i'm not some guy working with a million dollar budget i'm just literally i'm a dad um i'm an educator and i started this podcast for my 40th birthday. Um, And so what's up at my house? Here are my three words for tonight. They are break, lull, and homecoming. So as uh, Jessica, you and I were discussing, we're about to start our Thanksgiving break. Super Mm -hmm. excited about it. My next word, Mm -hmm. lull. Um, My 11-year-old Stella Rose, she is my daughter that does every sport, everything imaginable. And so right Mm -hmm. now we're in the middle Uh, She just ended cheer and in January, we're going to start select soccer. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty stoked. I get to coach her in select soccer this year. Um, Yeah, I've been coaching. Well, I took a break, but up until this year, I coached for about 12 years, select high school. So I'm really excited to get her on a select team this year. And then my last word is homecoming because my 19 year old is coming home from college from Murray State University. So we're pretty excited to get her back in the house. Um all four daughters in one house at the same time. Lots mm-hmm. of lots of giggles, lots of squeals. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be a good Thanksgiving break.
1: Sounds very fulfilling on your side on all fronts in all ways. Yeah. So yeah
0: yeah Absolutely. good week Absolutely. good week
1: unfolding for you.
0: It's gonna be good. You know, um as I'm in my forties, you know, I used to um, really be afraid of that age range, but now I'm really like, no, this is like the prime of my life and I'm gonna enjoy it.
1: That's good, I love it. You're really leaning in, that's great. I'm
0: leaning in, you're right. <laughs> okay, Miss <laughs> Jessica, what are your three words to describe the Vance house?
1: Um, so these three words, some of them are some of my values. Okay. Um, one of them is connected. Uh, a connection is a value of mine, and it's okay. who I am, both at home and in my professional life. And it's something that, um, of course, being on break this week, just as you are, having a different type of connection, a little bit slower of a morning with my two boys. I have two sons, an eleven and a or ten, sorry, and nine year old. And um, so, kind of having a slower morning, doing some more yoga and reading, just kind Beautiful. of like reconnecting with the slowness of of, yeah. of things.
0: Nothing. Wrong um, with
1: that no it's we all need that right it's balance yeah, right so for sure. um yeah and that that connection tends to be a lot shorter during the school year or when we're not on break um always making time for that is really important but um yeah it looks a little different on break so i'm really looking forward to that um and then another word of mine is gratitude. (laughs) Of course it's, it maybe is a little, um, you know, apropos of the season, right. Of Thanksgiving, but yeah, a lot of gratitude for this year, being able to celebrate Thanksgiving um, with family in a way that we haven't been able to right? right? in so many years. So really, really very grateful for that. Um, And then because I have time off, i have actually doing a lot of consulting with schools around the globe, which makes me really grateful to be able to lead leaders and teachers. So having a little time off and a little bit more time off to be able to do that, I'm I'm super grateful to connect with those educators this week. Um, And then my other word is sorting. Um, I have a lot of really exciting things kind of on the horizon for next year um, for consulting and writing and that sort of thing. So kind of sorting through some of those ideas. And then uh, the phase that my campus currently is in, in regards to our learning, there's a lot of sorting that we're currently in. And so I'm kind of digesting and, and sorting through some of the things that, or big ideas, if you will, that, that we've right. kind of been digesting. So all of those things, a little bit of work in there, but um, it's super fulfilling in its own way as well.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So a couple of reflection questions. Um, sure. What grade level are you at? Cause I didn't get the chance to ask you that.
1: Yeah. So I currently, um, in leading in an elementary school, which okay. has pre-K all the way up to fifth grade. So oh, age four to about age 10. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. I, yeah. uh, my very first teaching gig, I was a Spanish teacher at a preschool, um, okay. for a couple of years. Yeah. And then I actually, I was a kindergarten teacher for a while. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, all things elementary. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Love yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Um, and then we always my say second... that,
0: sorry, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was gonna say kindergarten teachers are magical. <laughs> so if yeah. you were able to teach five year olds, all the things that happen in kindergarten are quite something I never taught kindergarten, I always taught third, fourth or fifth when I was still in the classroom. So the things that happen in kindergarten reading and just like how to like be a human are these magical things that a kindergarten teacher has these amazing ways of making happen. So yeah, Yeah. yeah, it sounds like you're pretty good. It it takes a different,
0: it takes a different mentality to be a a kindergarten teacher, but um, I'll be honest, that same mentality that I used in kindergarten, the same mentality I used with when I was in the high school, kids are kids, Mm -hmm. Um, high school kids, just a little hairier and a little stinkier. So
1: (laughs) a lot stinkier, a lot stinkier. (laughs) Yes, ma'am.
0: Yes. I will give you that. Yeah. Okay, um Miss Jessica, my my second segment that I love to do is it's called the Two for two and I actually stole this from a former Tech well he's a Texan still. Uh, Mr. Okay. Kevin Curtis um, he is down in San Antonio. Okay. He introduced me to this idea and what I I just have two getting to know you questions. And so my first question for you, does Jessica collect anything?
1: Um, hmm. physically. Well, yes probably. <laughs> shoes. Wow, ah, okay. <laughs> I have a thing for shoes. I don't know if it's a collection, but I do love shoes. Um, but initially when you asked me that question, I wasn't thinking of it in collection of things. Gifts are yeah. not necessarily my love language if you will. Sure. sure. I love to collect experiences and connections and time with people. Amen. So that is Amen. something that I really value. So, so okay. yes. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah. I'm uh, actually I'm sitting in my bedroom. And across the way is our, um, walk-in closet. And my wife has about 70% of the closet. Um, Uh and most of it is filled with her shoes. So
1: it seems like we get along very well.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. My, my second question for you, what is the dumbest way that you have ever injured yourself?
1: Um, I probably sprained my ankle by walking off of a curb. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Like <laughs> in don't know, public?
1: Just, yeah, totally in public. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: totally uh, embarrassing.
1: It is kind of embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't fall on my face, but you know, you do that so like stumble afterwards and you look sure. around and make sure nobody saw you. <laughs> and I think it was like in middle school, which okay. everything in middle school is a big deal. Yeah, and, and so... embarrassing. Yeah. Yes, everything is. So I so... got to tell you,
0: I got to tell you the, the, the dumbest way I ever injured myself. So mm-hmm. I was at a, um, so down there in Texas, you know, like, uh, you guys have Slitter Bond, right? Yeah. Like, like a water park. So yes. in Southern Indiana, there is a, uh, theme park called holiday world and it's mm-hmm. in Santa Claus, Indiana. And I, mm-hmm. that's where I grew up. So, When I was in, I guess I was a middle schooler and I thought it'd be a good idea to dive out of this little like on the uh, lazy river to dive Uh out of the um, little donut thing to try Uh to impress some girls because, Uh you know, that's what you do in middle school. So I dove out of it. Yeah. You know, dove out of it. And of course, skinned my face on the bottom of the concrete, like little lazy river thing. And yeah. And then the the lifeguard had to jump in get me and then i had to walk out of the place with a barbie band-aid covering my nose oh, it was it wow. was pretty embarrassing
1: that's like multiple layers of embarrassment yeah
0: I, I don't think i uh i don't think i did i earned any um you know accolades from the girls i was watching
1: no and then yeah. it like happened you had like the scars for days oh, yeah. afterwards. oh
0: yeah it was stupid so anyway, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Puts my embarrassment like on level like two. So. No,
0: <laughs> no, I could totally see you stepping off that curb and then looking around like nobody was paying attention yeah.
1: and you're like,
0: nobody's paying attention. And you tried to walk it off, but you couldn't cause you still had a sprained ankle.
1: Yeah, totally. Hopefully totally. my crush wasn't looking. I'm sure that's probably what <laughs> I was worried about at the time. Yeah. Probably,
0: <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What uh, questions do you have for me?
1: All right. Well, in the theme of Thanksgiving, okay. I gotta know okay. what is your favorite Thanksgiving side.
0: My favorite Thanksgiving side.
1: Yeah, it's not Thanksgiving green unless bean you have
0: casserole. Ah,
1: that okay. is where it's at. Okay, that's where I'm at. a mashed potatoes girl. So, okay. <laughs> okay. so do yeah. you like
0: the okay. uh, white gravy, brown gravy, or the like the other mushroom color, yellow M-
1: mushroom gravy. So whatever color that is. <laughs>
0: never, okay. I'm going to have to ask my grandma about that. I've never heard of that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do a little Google searching. Okay. See I could find. do that. I could yeah. do that. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I do love good green beans. So good choice. Very good choice. Thank if you, you were to Thank say, you. I don't know, what's the thing I would not want of you to say, but
0: oyster mm-hmm. stuffing.
1: Oh yeah, that doesn't sound very good.
0: My grandma yeah. makes that. And it must yeah. be because she's like a first generation German. I don't know if that's what they eat, Germany okay. or something, but uh, Okay. Nope, not
1: for me. <laughs> if you would have said cranberry sauce, actually that would have been my hard line. And I know people like it, but
0: out of the can. Ugh.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> not my okay. favorite. Not my favorite. Okay. Um it's all right. Okay, my other question, although this could be related to you being on break, but what is the book that you could read again and again and again and not get sick of?
0: The book that I could read again and again and again and again and not get sick of. Do you want it to be fiction or nonfiction?
1: Whatever you prefer.
0: Okay. So the book that I have probably read over a hundred times is On the Road by Jack Kerouac.
1: Mm, Okay, I haven't Um, read that.
0: So it takes place, I want to say it takes place during the 50s.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's about a, a a band of ragtag, like it's real life, uh, mm-hmm. about these poets from New York that basically mm-hmm. just traveled back and forth between the West Coast and the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when I was, I think I was 19, yeah, mm-hmm. that book inspired me to trade my truck in for a 77 Volkswagen van um oh wow yeah because that's where i was at in that time of my life um but i love that book i could read that book it's just it's it's just a good book about just being carefree Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so yeah
1: okay i'll have to check it out yeah what's your book Mm, probably so mine would be more of a non-fiction book okay i'm a really big um fan of michael stone Okay. He is an author and a yoga teacher, I guess you can okay. kind of say that kind of thought thinking sure. and, and school of thinking. Um, and he's written a ton of books, but one of my favorite books of his is called Awaken the World. Um, and I could just read it again and again and again, just because of his the way that he really um zooms in and analyzes just different things that are, <laughs> you know, surrounding us each and every day. And so I feel like I've read it so many times and each time I, have I read it, I'm a different person. And sure. so I take away something different from it. And um, his writing and language is really beautiful. So um, yeah, huge fan of Michael stone. If okay. you are not aware of his teachings and his work, definitely. Michael Stone. I'm writing that out. down
0: now. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. While you were saying that actually another book popped in my mind that I'm reading right now. Um, along the nonfiction side, and that's a Drive by Daniel Pink. I'm Uh a I'm a huge motivation, um, and I think a lot of it comes from my coaching background. um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of comes. I'm a super big nerd when it comes to educational psychology. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I've read that book. I'm reading Mm -hmm. it again, and Mm -hmm. like you can tell how many times I've read it by the number of highlighters, the different colors of highlighters. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I do you appreciate ever, that. Do you ever
1: check out his, Um. I don't know what it's called, but he has like these two minute little like YouTube videos that he'll like teach a certain concept. I don't know what they're called something of course with the word pink in it since it's his last name. Mm-hmm. Um. But I. um. I'll, have
0: to, I'll do some searching. Yeah. Yeah. Between him, Simon Sinek and Brene Brown. Uh, yeah. I could spend most of my day.
1: You're in good company for sure. I'm
0: in good company. That's right. Okay. So now, Jessica, that you know me a little bit more and you haven't Mm -hmm. um, shut this video off and ran away kicking Mm -hmm. and screaming, um, I'm really excited to get into really what my favorite question to ask. Um, I am a true believer that education finds the person and it's not the person finding education. Um, I'm a big proponent of purpose-led education, purpose-led, you know. So I'm really curious, how did education find Jessica?
1: Um, I think it probably found me when I was 10 years old, to be honest. I had an amazing teacher. Her name was Miss Fleischman. And I actually wasn't even really a great student <laughs> and a lot of kind of stuff happened at home. And so focusing at school wasn't really something yep. that was really easy for me. Right. But, um, and I probably didn't really apply myself, but I just was always, um, just, the way that she talked about um, history in particular and her excitement for it and the way that she really built the classroom community was something that really hooked me into um, wanting to explore a career in education. So I can probably pretty confidently say since I was 10 years old, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I had a very small stint when I was in sixth grade of wanting to be an archaeologist. And again, that's me too an amazing teacher <laughs> Yeah, yeah an amazing teacher and we were yeah. learning all about
0: yeah, Egypt that
1: science yes, exactly and I thought it was For fantastic sure. and I was I thought this is what I wanted to do and then after that course was over I I went back to to wanting to be a teacher in an education so I'd probably say since then and, and I'd say that I've had some really amazing teachers who continue to inspire me and encourage me um, and, uh, you know, lift up the things that they noticed about me in the ways that I worked with kids or I connected with people that I was,, um, I'm working with or or the way that I shared something. So I think having really great teachers as with anything, of course, is very inspirational, but those kind of always showed up at the right moments for me. So I'd say when I was probably 10, um, and then again, in probably high school, when you really kind of are starting to kind of figure out what it is that you want to go do, um, had some really great professors in college and of course some mentors teachers, as I started to pursue my teaching degree and licensing, um, and then post-college into my own um, teaching uh, professionally just again have had some really great leaders who have lifted up things that I didn't see within myself um and I never knew that I would be as with anything with life as you get older, right You're like, oh, I had no idea when I was 20 something exactly. um but to be a leader and to be leading teachers um in this way, I would have never guessed that I would be doing that. I just knew that I always, looked up to really really strong leaders um no matter what job I had so maybe it was a common thread whether I was working in education or prior to having my my profession now um strong leadership was something that I've always been drawn towards and learning from people and just kind of being under their you know wing if you will and asking sure. them all the questions has been something I've always been drawn towards
0: sure sure okay so okay a couple uh, questions off of that did sure. have you ever reached out to Mrs. Fleischman to let her know (laughs) of, good, good, she's shaking her head. I did,
1: yes, I did. And I don't remember if it was for a class assignment or just out of the... You know, bottom of my heart, but I do remember emailing her. I must have still been in high school or something like that. Um and just had sent her an email and just saying, like, hey, I just want to let you know that you've still inspired me to this day to continue to be in education. And I do remember waiting, like and checking my email all the time. This was when we had like AOL, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) is she gonna write back? Is she gonna write back? And I remember finally getting a response from her and it was short, um, but it was fine. That was more than I needed yeah, for her to yeah. just say like, thank you so much for telling me. I'm sure she probably didn't know what to say. It had been so right. long. Um, but yeah, she did reach out to me finally and tell me that she had received my message and that's she so appreciated cool. it. So yeah, that's it was so cool. Great.
0: You know, yeah. one of the, one of the threads I've asked, I don't know, 80 or 90 people now. Yeah. Something like that about how education found them. And most, I would say 90% of you guys have mentioned uh standing on the shoulders of other people Mm -hmm. you know and it it just really cements my thinking that you know nobody gets to anything by themselves and how cool of of a profession do we have Mm -hmm. that like in all reality the good teachers are immortal because Mm -hmm. people keep telling our stories you know Mm
1: -hmm. so yeah I love that
0: I love that story that at ten, Mrs. Fleischman really made a an impact on you. and you know, you could have been uh, the next Indiana Jones, but
1: totally you, know,
0: <laughs> you chose not to. um, I love the fact that uh, you got into education, and I love the fact that, you know what what I'm hearing you say is a lot of the reason you got into education is other people believed in you,
1: yeah, I that's, mean, that's, that's everything, cool. right? Yeah, yeah, connection, like I said before is one of my core values. so When somebody believes in you, you feel connected to them and you feel like you can be vulnerable with them and, uh, you know, let down your guard and have them guide you a little bit and, and, and kind of show you the way when you're not really sure what that way actually looks like.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. And I don't know about you, but I see so many kids like that every day. Um, Mm -hmm. just, 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 um, desperate for connection, you know? And so. Mm Um, Yeah, I would say connection is one of my core values as well. And so I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, Mm -hmm. So Jessica, how long have you been in the world of education?
1: Um, since 2006, (laughs) so you can do some math right there. I mean, that's professionally, right? I feel like I've been had my toe in things for quite some time, you know, like I was saying before, just like even in in high school, I remember taking some additional courses to be able to go to the elementary school and do some tutoring work or, um, when I was in college, you know, choosing to be part of AmeriCorps and oh, yeah. do some additional like, you know, work in that kind of way, just to kind of like see other sides of education that I didn't necessarily know um, and really find my footing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been um, quite some time. And even though I'm not in the classroom um, right now, I'm housed at a school and I feel like that keeps me really connected to what's really happening each and every day. Inside of classrooms. Um, and that's something that's really important to me. Um, and being a leader, how can I continue to create that connection with teachers and be in the classrooms so that way they know that I'm in it with them? Yeah, right. And that way I know what they're experiencing. And then I can help support them in their growth too, right? Um, being a coach of sorts, um, that's something that I really want to be able to do in a way that's really authentic and not just talking about these things that are pie in the sky. And so how do I do that? How do I connect to my learners? Is I have to be there with them. And so really being intentional with how it is that I put things on my calendar each week. And, And there's some weeks that I'm much better at it than others. But really being inside of the classrooms with teachers is something that I really value. And it's Um, I think helps our relationship with one another because they feel like they're seen and they're valued. And it's not just this thing that I'm talking at them of what they should do, but that I can really connect with them and see what's actually happening in their everyday practice. And then in the same essence, I feel like that's what's helped me with consulting with other leaders and teachers around the world is that I'm living the things that I'm also teaching about. It's not,
0: there's some um, credibility.
1: Yeah. And it, that's really important to me. It's it's definitely not easy to juggle both sides of the coin, if you will, but it's something that's super important know to know me. It. And it's, again, like I said, nobody is perfect, but I love it. I love all sides of it. And... um uh yeah, it's it's kind of this dream job that has has, I wouldn't say fallen into my lap, but you know, because again, I've always leaned back into my values, but it's been this thing that I didn't necessarily know was where it was that I was going to be. Um, but I think again, having really great leaders and strong leaders um has been something that's continued to drive me and 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 shown me where it is that I am today.
0: I love that. I love that you are so gracious about where you're at in life. Um, okay. So you've been in this education game since around 2006. Um, obviously you have seen things come, you've seen things go, you've seen things go and then come back. Um, what is, so, so the name of this game is all about the big ed idea. And so obviously Mm -hmm. to have an idea, there's got to be some sort of problem or issue, um, that that idea kind of helps to alleviate. And so, Let's go to what you see as a problem in education.
1: I think a problem in education in general is that um, we've lost a sense of what makes learning fun, and that is curiosity. I feel like with standards, which are, of course, important and give us something to, um, you a know, framework. I'll have some sort of comment, a framework yeah, to, right. to work from and talk about. But I think what's been lost is, is curiosity and curiosity yeah. is what keeps us connected to learning and makes us want to learn and want to explore. Of course, you've said that you started this podcast because you were curious of what it was yeah. like, yeah. of what you might uncover, who you might meet, what does it mean to actually put this together, what you might learn, Um, and with the standards, um, again, this is of course like an overarching, just like statement, the curiosity piece is not in there because how do you test quote unquote curiosity You can't necessarily test it. So there's not really necessarily a standard for it. Although I will say that thankfully there are standards worldwide that are leaning more towards inquiry and leaning more towards captivating or capturing student curiosity or learner curiosity. Um, and I wonder what would happen if, that were always at the center or at the forefront of what it was that we were exploring. And if that language was embedded within our standards um, very clearly, would that be then something that was um, lifted up a little bit more explicitly? So that's a lot of the work that I get to do with teachers and with leaders is really going back to looking at our learners and the things that they're curious about and how do we leverage their curiosity in connection with the skills that we know that they need to learn because it can happen if we take moments to, and this is a phrase I use a lot, um, Ryan, is stop and pause and consider our learners and the things they're curious about and how can we really Um, look deeper into that. Um, And there's, there's a depth and complexity to what that looks like and sounds like. And it's not a shaming for our teachers that they're not because we know that they're here for the students, but that the system's have told them otherwise and not really given them space to know what it is that they are curious about either. So, you know, um, yeah, it's definitely not a blame game by any means, but I think it's a really big problem that we need to, um, and many are, I will say, um, trying to to do so um but it's not a if this then that right Right. so with with curiosity there's so many parts and things to it which to me is what makes it so interesting and that's why I, I really believe that and know that inquiry really is the best way for teaching and learning for all learners um but it's unlearning the things that we have been subjected to as, as students too. And how do we go back and relearn what it is um, to learn or what does it look like and sound like to lead learning within this lens? Um, and the ambiguity is, I think, probably one of the biggest barriers when I'm working in coaching teachers um, is because there's no one definition of it, right? It's It could look and sound like this, but it can also look and sound like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's kind of, it's hard, right? No, but it's, it's stretching us. It's stretching educators too, into thinking um, differently. And of course, right now, educators are quite tired. So now <laughs> we're asking you to take on necessarily like a different lens and stance. But to me, it's super empowering because guess who's doing the work? The learners are doing the work because they are the ones, you know, um, talking and engaging with these ideas and you are just there facilitating. You're not the one who who's being the sage on the stage, if you will. So
0: I love that. I I love that because I was actually having uh, a similar conversation with one of my teachers today. Um, As you and I were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. um, I'm an administrator in an alternative school. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously um, kids that come into my building aren't super compliant. Mm -hmm. um, And so we were talking about uh, instructional methods in my building and Mm -hmm. I was, you know, just, just talking and we started talking about how you know some of our traditional students they do so well because they're pretty compliant and if the teacher mm-hmm. tells them open the book up read this study this they're going to because they're compliant mm-hmm. yep. but then how do we capture this other section of our student population which in in my opinion is getting bigger and bigger um mm-hmm. how do we appeal to these kids that aren't necessarily compliant, not because that's a a, a negative thing, but Mm -hmm. they don't see the relevance in what you're Mm -hmm. learning. Mm -hmm. Um, and and so I completely, I love what you're saying about that. Um, my big thing is we're, we're, we're trying to create kids, um, that are excited about learning anything, Mm -hmm. everything, Mm -hmm. you know, we know the way the brain works. If, if it doesn't Mm -hmm. benefit me, I'm not going to learn it. Um, Mm -hmm. And you you kind of touched on that, you know, we're transitioning. Well, we've been transitioning for 22 years into this 21st yeah. century skill yeah. place. Um, yeah. I actually read a statistic the other day, uh, 70% of new jobs uh, mm-hmm. require right brain thinking, more of the mm-hmm. inquiry, more mm-hmm. of the um, non-routine functions. Yeah. And only yeah. 30% of our new jobs require mm-hmm. the skills that have been literally taught for the last 150 years in school systems. Yeah, And so I yeah. love what you're bringing to the table here, um, that it's all about getting kids excited to learn. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you one of the coolest thing I was ever involved with at the high school that I was at prior to this year, uh, mm-hmm. we did a genius hour. And mm-hmm. we let our kids, they could learn anything, they could study anything and everything they wanted to, as long as they were able to provide proof of their learning along the way through that mm-hmm. um, nine-week progression. And mm-hmm. we had kids studying just crazy stuff, but mm-hmm. it was what they were interested in. And so mm-hmm. I love what you're talking. So I want to get into this. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. What is your big idea then? So if we're talking about inquiry, how do we do that?
1: Mm -hmm. So, and of course you're a leader and an administrator, so it starts with the top. And if we want our teachers to be leading and teaching with this lens, then we need to be leading and teaching with this lens as leaders as well in our schools. Um, and I think far too often leadership is a, it's a top-down model of, let me tell you what you should be doing. Of course, there's evaluations and other state systems and whatnot. Um, and so we feel like, well, we have to just tell the people because they're adults and they should know, and they should know how to do X, Y, and Z when in fact, we're always, always learners. And, um, it's a a paradigm shift. Yes. It's not how we learned. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And so, um, How can we lead with an inquiry lens or a lens of inquiry, if you will? So that way our teachers know what it looks like and sounds like and feels like as a learner. So um, the same moves that I am embodied in my classroom as a teacher are the same things that I do as a leader. Um, I am asking my teachers for their feedback, I am sitting down with them as we are sitting in planning units of study together. I'm getting their feedback using thinking routines from the work of Ron Richard and Mark church. Um, I'm asking questions about their questions. I'm leaning in when I'm noticing, um, patterns and I'm, I'm sharing my reflections and the things that I'm noticing. So I'm modeling my reflective thinking. Um, I'm getting to know my teachers who are my learners and building really strong relationships. And it's not just driving around with like the coffee cart on Fridays. It's greeting them in the hallways. It's asking about their families. It's knowing that one of my teachers is super creative and loves to do arts and crafts, but how can I connect that to some other big initiative that we're doing on, on campus in a really authentic way? Um, it's listening for the questions that my learners are asking me, the things that they're saying, but also the things that are not saying and how in those moments, um, what can I hear when they're not necessarily telling me or what do I know that they value and the things that I know about them? So um, I think that is not something that leaders have thought that it's not important, but just like teachers, there's all these pressures and systems that oh, could p- sure. get put on them and, and assessments sure. and all these different things. Uh, their, their attention gets pulled in like 600 different ways. Um, but then they're asking their teachers to teach in a practice that honors the learner and honors their curiosity or lifts up their questions. So it's these opposing forces that we're seeing within our schools and, I'd say that inquiry thrives when all are engaged in um, that type of a culture. So when principals are showing their thinking and modeling um, their reflection and and the things that they're curious about, utilizing what I love are are learning walls. I love showcasing the process of thinking and learning, just like you said about that Genius Hour project. Um, and how our leaders are doing that and how they're making it really transparent and really clear to their teachers so they can see and understand what this could look like and sound like with their with their students inside of their classroom. So um, when we are modeling our, teachers will be doing the same thing with their kids in the classroom. And it's like that, hello, duh moment. But again, all the other systems, (laughs) Yeah, but it it tells us otherwise. And just like you said, it's not what we're used to. It's not what we experienced. Um, I'd say even the same leaders that I have so much gushed over during this, this chat with you probably didn't necessarily lead with that lens. They were Right. And so, um, and not to say that they were bad leaders in that way, but if we want inquiry to, to thrive, it really needs to come from the top down.
0: Well, I love it because <laughs> I'm hearing so much about things that I'm super passionate about. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Daniel Pink. We talked about motivation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Girl, I am hearing autonomy. I am hearing mastery. I am hearing yeah. purpose, uh, mm-hmm. which leads to intrinsic motivation, which leads to. Mm-hmm you know your learners being more motivated to try new things um mm-hmm. i am hearing um that it is more of a um like you said it's not a top down it's more of a um a partnership um yeah. it's more of a let's learn this together um uh, yep. it's more of a what can i do to help you move mm-hmm. um um forward mm-hmm. um so i love that because your value is connection. And I hear what you're Mm -hmm. saying. I'm I'm hearing connection first, and then we Mm -hmm. can move together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the things that our teachers, I'll just say, aren't doing to me, I love looking at barriers or the things that are not working as an opportunity. So if I have teachers who are not you know, necessarily listening to or asking their students for the questions. To me, that's like, oh, this is a skill this teacher doesn't have. This is my sure. opportunity to be able to show or model or talk about or introduce some sort of idea. So, for me, I, I know again when you are evaluating in a, an administrator role, it's really hard to like know where do you ebb and flow. Um, and so, I love. There's actually a sketch in my book um, that kind of illustrates this as such is that um, there's this continuum, if you will, of a managerial leader and an inquiry leader. And there's not one place that we live on this continuum, but there are different times where we need to sure. be managers, where we have to submit I don't know, evaluations on a certain deadline and there needs to be things that need to get filled out or there's some safety protocol or some other checklisty type of items that need to get done. And those are managerial things that our teachers do in the classrooms as well. They have report cards that need to get done. But how we get these things done can still be with a lens that honors the curiosity and needs of our learners. So one example that I like to share often is teacher evaluations. I know that we are currently engaged in those on our campus. And I don't know if if that's similarly for you. I know. Um, (laughs) But what and and I remember too being a former teacher, hating them and being so nervous about it, even though I felt really confident as a teacher and had a great relationship with my with my principal. But um, I wonder what would happen if instead of having those formal meetings and working within that system that the state gives us, Could we instead um, have just like a really honest conversation with our teachers about the things that they're curious about growing in and put that system to the side just for a minute and have a real conversation like you and I are having and then... Do our evaluation that we have to do and fill in those check boxes, but do in a way that's like real and authentic and asking questions. Um, so that way, it's an authentic experience, and our teachers see the value in it because there's still some value in it for sure. Um, uh, maybe not all feel that way, but there definitely is, and there's an opportunity for growth. So, um, you know, how can we look at the systems that we have? But again, just with a little bit more inquiry or curiosity or put our learners first. Um, um, and I think that it's possible. And so I love this idea or this image of a continuum because we don't live on either side, but it's this overarching lens or mindset or just way of being that we can consider when we're approaching our learners and leading in that lens in that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I I agree with everything that you were saying. Um. In fact, while we're talking, I've just uh, ordered your book through Amazon. Oh, my so, God.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's you going to be coming in
0: two days. Thank you, Prime. Oh, um,
1: you're so sweet. Thank you. I'm, we'll I'm we'll have to have a, a follow-up. Biblio- we'll okay, have to yeah. have a follow-up book yeah. study conversation. So. <laughs> I am
0: I'm a total nerd, but I'm a total bibliophile. Um, yeah. You know, okay. So let's, let me ask you this and then I'm going to ask you this one last question and then we're going to start to transition away. Sure. Um, you know, by nature, I can tell you, and I mean this in an endearing way, um, you're, you're probably a nerd, um, much like I am. Mm -hmm. I mean that because Mm -hmm. I'm always learning. Like I always want to learn something and I would have, I would assume you're the same way. Um, Mm -hmm. I have, I have met some educators that aren't always like that, mm-hmm. yeah. and so okay. So selfishly, here I am, an administrator. I mm-hmm. have a teacher on my staff. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I do, but imagine I did. Sure. Totally, um, that is just not into yeah. the inquiry as much as I am. What is one thing that I can do to move this teacher in that direction?
1: I would say, know your teacher's values. Could you do a values inventory with them? Um, I really love the work of um, Elena Aguilar. Of course, values inventory are not just her work. Brene Brown, of course, talks a lot about values. But what is it that you know about your teacher and the thing that he or she values? And how can you lean into one of those values? So maybe connection or curiosity or learning or learner is not one of their values, but there's something that they do value. And how could knowing that value help you figure out what's the best entry point? Um, and I'd say that you probably will be surprised. And I, I'll say this with actually pretty, a lot of confidence <laughs> is that you'll probably be surprised at what it is that you learn from this person and how it's, you probably had some misconceptions or perhaps even biases about who yeah. they are and what it is that they, they value. And every time that I go back, to this list or inventory of values for teachers or people that I'm challenged by, every single time I'm able to lean in with a lot more curiosity and I uncover something different about them that I never knew. And then they feel seen. And just these students that you're talking about probably don't feel seen because they've been put through the system and told, you don't fit here and you don't fit here and you don't fit here. They want to feel seen too. And I wonder how knowing our learners values, both our kids and our adult learners helps us meet them where it is that they need and where it is they're at. And we can probably leverage our nerdiness Ryan in a way
0: Nothing that wrong helps with everybody a feel nerdiness.
1: seen. Yeah. Yeah. So the next time you have one of those, I'm curious what would happen if you tried that and um, what surfaces because of that.
0: Oh, well, I'm actually going to do it tomorrow. Um, Good. I'll be honest, when, when I was an AP at my high yeah. school for three years, yeah. one of the things that I did, we did, um, we did guided planings. Um, my uh-huh. principal wanted me to do a guided planning with all of the, the with my caseload, you know, mm-hmm. once a week or every two weeks. And I really took it to my, to be more of a connection opportunity. And so I, I yeah. met with those teachers, found out what they were like, and I haven't had the chance to do that in my new position. And what you've reminded me is that I need to pull out this values inventory and Mm -hmm. I need to set aside some time for my staff Mm -hmm. and we just need to figure out what each of us value and then Mm -hmm. go from there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that probably will bring you guys together. Um, I do it every single year, Ryan, actually. And um, although not all my values change, they evolve over time. And it's super interesting to kind of see, of course, because we evolve over time. Um, but, and one of them I'll share and just, just to kind of give you a sense of it is uh, I used to think that collaboration was one of my values because I love to collaborate with people in my professional space. And then I had somebody share with me, um, well, you know, do you collaborate at home? Like when you're like at your house? And I was like, well, no, I don't need them to like collaborate and like help me do things all the time. Yeah, what mama says. Right. And so I realized that it was connection and connection is so much richer and so much deeper oh, gosh, and connection yes. is with people and myself and health and all of these different things. And so, um, that's who I was or what I thought that I valued five years ago. But of course, as I've, I've uncovered and learned more about myself and and dug into values and, um, it's, it's been quite something. So, yeah, of course, like you said, you're, you're a big fan of Brene Brown. She talks a lot about that. Um, yeah. Elena Aguilar, her work with values too, is just something super rich and something I go back to time and time again. Um, so I, I can't wait to see what happens with you and your staff yeah. and man, yeah, wouldn't that be that. so cool to do when you come back, like before the break or right. When you come back after like the holiday or something like that to reconnect you guys and have you have something that's like lighthearted, but also yeah. really meaningful. And yeah, we might be interesting.
0: Hmm. Okay. I'm going to do it and I yeah. will uh, get back okay. with you.
1: Yeah, I'll you should you know share with goes. me. Good,
0: okay. good. Okay, so my friend, we have spent a lot of time this evening connecting, figuring out, you know, who you are, who I am. We've talked about inquiry, um, leading with the lens of inquiry. I've ordered the book; um, <laughs> it will be here in two days. Um, I am curious, and I'm sure there are other people that are listening to this. They probably want to go a little bit deeper um and so how maybe can they get a hold of you or can they um you know obviously they can buy the book but what are some other ways that they could learn a little bit more about this topic
1: yeah so um Uh, I'm a really, I love to share ideas and resources, even as you've been talking, of course, I've shared some of them and there's like 10 of them that are in my brain that we haven't even gotten to today. Um, but so I do a lot of that on Instagram. I love the visual nature of Instagram. I know you and I connected on Twitter and I love Twitter, but for me, Instagram is a way for me to storyboard or tell more of a story than, than Twitter necessarily allows. Although I know that there's, you know, a science to writing the perfect tweet. I also feel like there's so many pieces that are missing within that. And so I share a lot um, on Instagram and my handle is the same. It is on on, um, Twitter, Jess underscore Vance, E-D-U. And so I share a ton about what work I'm engaged in on my campus, the things that my learners are sorting through and finding out about um, some of the visions that we have as a school and and what that kind of looks like and sounds like in practice. It's not a curated, perfect Piece, Um, And I I really don't want it to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll share a lot on there from learning walls to how do you get started with inquiry to um, the leadership lens. And again, of course, everything to me parallels. So even if I say students or I say learners, I'm talking about adults and students. So I'd say Instagram is a huge and great place where I connect with a lot of people. My website, um, leadingwithinquiry.com has more resources for people to Download and utilize all my sketch notes are on there that you can find in the book. So even if you don't buy the book, you can go kind of take a peek at some of those. Um, If you grab the book and you want to have a book club, I have a book club resource on there. So lots of different ways that you can connect and find me. Of course, you can always just send me an email or a DM and say, I want to work with you or let's stay connected. Let's talk. Um, that could be just a conversation just as you and I have when you threw something out on Twitter and I was like, Hey, I have an idea. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I encourage your listeners to come say hi. And I really hope that you circle back with me too, Ryan, and let me know how things are going for you. It sounds like you work on a campus where you can make a really big impact where it really matters. And so I'm really curious to see what this looks like in your practice as well. I appreciate that. I
0: appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, it has been, it has been a lot of fun. I just followed you on Instagram.
1: (laughs) Thank Um, you so much.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at multitasking. Um, I will say, you know, I'll be honest, I'm probably moving away from Twitter just because of all this, these weird things going on right now with Twitter and Elon. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I will totally follow you on Instagram and and I, my Instagram is a lot of family stuff, but it's a lot of professional stuff too as well, but yeah. Um. So, okay. Yeah. It's been a yeah. wonderful time this evening. Thank
1: you so much. Yes. Is
0: there anything that you would like to say to our listeners before we segue to the end?
1: Mm, you know, I just, I love what your podcast stands for. And I love the question, although quite simple of what you're asking is like, what's the problem and what's your idea of what we could yeah. do? Of course, it aligns with design thinking and being really innovative. And I wonder what would happen if um, your listeners took this question to their team meeting or to their principal or to whoever it is that they lead and what conversations could unfold and could happen given the challenges that we're all currently facing. And perhaps that one um, question that you've put out into the world might just be the ripple effect for change on their campus or in their role um, as an educator or with students.
0: Beautiful.
1: Yeah. That's good. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So, Ms. Jessica, thank you for being on the Big Ed Idea. Um, It has been a lot of fun. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you. Appreciate, Mm -hmm. appreciate what you are doing for our educators out there. Um, You you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer. We got to be supporting our people. Um, Our people are leaving in droves and I, and I've got to believe it's because we haven't been giving them enough autonomy. Um, And so I love the fact that I think a lot of what you're talking about is just, let's trust our people. Let's work with our people. Um, Mm -hmm. I think at the root of it, our people want to do great things. Uh, So let's help them get there. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So without further ado, I'm going to end this like I always do. Um, Thanksgiving's coming up. My grandpa Janoski, um, he's not with us anymore, but Thanksgiving was one of his favorite holidays. Uh, We'd always get together and eat at his house and had a big old thing and then watch the Lions lose every Thanksgiving. Um, (laughs) And so grandpa Janowski would always say he'd say, Ryan until I see you again, until next time, I will see you in the funny paper. Thank you for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion and together let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.